Henry Kissinger is dead, everybody. Yeah, let's let's celebrate. Anyway, Woo. greetings, comrades, and welcome to How the Left Was Won. My name is Mike. I'm Jake. And this is a podcast all about fascism and how to fight it, and a podcast where we celebrate the death of Henry Kissinger. That will be every episode from now on. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it, if, if you somehow missed it, um, Henry Kissinger, one of the worst people alive up until recently has died but he was on stage with hillary clinton i thought he was a good dude yeah uh a, a man responsible for many many atrocities the deaths of millions potentially i think more than the holocaust potentially yeah yeah very very bad dude and it's fucked up to see a lot of people like being trying to celebrate his legacy it's like no no he was a bad no, guy fuck off. just celebrate the fact that he's dead yeah, even though he kind of won. Yeah, he did kind of win, but now he's in the ground and we have the holy trinity of gender-neutral bathrooms. Yep, Reagan, Thatcher, and Kissinger. Yep. The problem with Marxism is eventually you run out of other people's piss. Yeah. Yeah, so if there is a hell, he's way down there. They created a new circle just for him. Yeah, they they figured the bottom circle, the one for, reserved for like traitors and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, just like that was, that was that was that was that uh, was not good. That was too too good. <laughs> yeah. Too good for our old chap to be right next to Satan. Yeah, let's see. Who who do you think would be in like like that special club? Hitler's this, there. Absolutely Hitler. Uh, definitely, it definitely has to be, like, hmm, it, it's a difficult question because a lot of names are popping into my head, but then I'm like, no, they're not quite on that level of just pure evil. There isn't a lot. It, there's probably a ton that we don't know about. Yeah. yeah, hell, I don't even think Mussolini is in that club, and he's a really bad dude. Yeah, Mo Mussolini fucking sucks and is the topic of today, but uh, he isn't quite on the Hitler level, mostly due to his own incompetence. Yeah, no, Mussolini is one of those people's like, he could have been a lot worse if he was, had, like, I was not as dumb. Yeah, if he was smarter, uh, then surely... He would have been down there with Hitler and Kissinger, but he wasn't, so... Yep. Anyway, as we, as Jake just mentioned, we are finally talking about Mussolini again after such a long break. We were hoping to get an episode out after the last... a week after the last one, and then you had to drive your dad to the airport because your brother yes. didn't want to. Yeah, it, it sucked. And then uh, the week after that was Thanksgiving, so... Or it was, like, the weekend after Thanksgiving, so it's just like... We yeah, not anything. gonna do that, unfortunately. Yep. Anyway, uh, so Jake, do you want to pull up uh, your notes for this episode? Which you you said you lost your notes. Yes, yeah, so you I had... lost my original notes, and I spent uh, the last few hours just putting them together again, so I can get through hosting this episode. Uh, luckily, it's about a topic I know decently well, which is the Ethiopian War. Yeah, so so we're not at quite at World War Two yet. So this is like the lead up to World War Two. This is like the war b before World War Two. Italy's war before. World yes. War II. Uh, there's also the uh, Spanish Civil War, which I think we should probably save for its own. Yeah, we'll, sort we'll of... finish the Mussolini saga. Yeah, we'll, and then we'll, we'll we'll mention it, but we don't 
have to go into yeah i don't i don't know if we'll necessarily get to the spanish civil war and franco yeah, right we're, away we're not we'll doing that uh during mussolini anyway yeah of course uh before we start i do want to just mention something uh about our last episode regarding zionism uh more specifically two things one i think at one point i made a mistake and said this is where the netanyahu family came to power uh that is incorrect i meant more like their political influence was spreading but they uh they were not uh, in power at that point, I believe. Uh, the other thing was... Oh, yes, I forgot to mention that Zionism is itself inherently anti-Semitic. Yeah, or, uh, or at least it's also harmful to Jews, whether directly or indirectly. Well, at its in its legacy, uh, they did separate Jewish people into tiers of which one is the cool ones. And believe it or not, it was the European Jews who were the cool ones, the Ashkenazi. Uh, so there was a hierarchy there, uh, which is in itself very anti-Semitic, uh, and there's still issues today with Ethiopian Jews who face racism in Israel. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Also, you get you get shitheads like Ben Shapiro who go who say that like, oh, if you like criticize Israel and you're Jewish, you're you're not a real Jew. You're a secular Jew or yeah, something like that. There's a lot to talk about how Zionism itself is anti-Semitic. And although we had a very long episode and it wasn't, you know, core to the story, I guess, uh, I, I probably should have uh, mentioned it at least. Yeah. And and the, in ways that where, uh, anti, where Zionism is uh, hurts Jews indirectly in certain ways, like um, what uh, I was talking to you about this uh, yesterday, but I feel like it's important to bring it up on the podcast. I know this is kind of an extension of our last episode, but... But we, it's still worth mentioning is uh, one way is uh, lots of times you see like neo-Nazis and other anti-Semites say, oh, you're just calling us anti-Semitic because you don't like what we say. It's like, no, you hate Jews. You're an anti-Semitic. That's what that word means. Yeah. And then you and then you see Zionists actually just calling stuff that they don't like anti-Semitic. And it's like, OK, well, you're delegitimizing ac people actually calling out anti-Semitism because yep. you're because you're trivializing it exactly for example there's the twitter account uh stop anti-semitism and this is like two years ago but and i told you this they tweeted uh, out about uh some this uh palestinian correspondent for the nation that outlet uh wishing death on kissinger and they called that anti-semitic it's like no kissinger is a bad dude yeah it's like, okay to worship like disliking maybe you dislike kissinger because he's a jew I don't. I don't think. So. I. I feel like most most people hate hated Kissinger because he was because he was Kissinger. Yeah. Uh. For the genocide. Yeah. I. I actually didn't even know he was Jewish until after he died. <laughs> yeah. Neither did I. I figured it out because uh, he has a quote saying he would have been anti-Semitic if he wasn't a Jew. So. Yeah. He was also buddy buddy with Nixon, a big anti-Semite. So that's one way that Zionism also hurts Jews. Another way is um. I saw this is I don't think this originated from uh, someone post a Zionist, but was being reposted by Zionists. Um, a fake list of of things of how like Japan treats Muslim people, and it's all bullshit. All these bullet points, except for two, where it's just like Muslims have to follow Japanese law if they're in Japan, which applies to anyone in any country. So pretty moot. And then the other one is there is no Sharia law in Japan, which again 
pretty moot. That applies to a lot of countries where there are Muslims. America has Muslims, doesn't have Sharia law. And that's not how it works. Yeah, and at this, and uh, someone was saying, it's like, well, Japan knows what's up with the Muslims. And it's just like, okay, congratulations. You have now legitimized every single time an anti-Semite posts that, uh, that dumb meme about how many countries Jews have been kicked out of. This is just because a group is persecuted does not mean that persecution is legitimate. Yeah, it doesn't mean there's a reason. In fact, there usually isn't. Yeah, I know. It's just like, yeah, do you, I don't I don't know if that particular number in that meme is true. I have not looked into it because at the end of the day it doesn't matter. At the it's, end of the day it's a Nazi dog whistle. Yeah, so it's just like, yeah, Jews have been persecuted. That doesn't mean that that persecution is based on any good reason. Like I'm actually going to engage with a Nazi in good faith. No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's just how Zionism unfortunately reinforces anti-Semitism as well. Mm -hmm. and, and this is like this is not unique to Zionism. This is bigotry not only begets more bigotry, it also legitimizes exist other existing bigotries. Quite true. Yeah, so you should be against bigotry in all forms. Period. Except classism, because I hate the rich, baby. <laughs> I'm the most classist motherfucker out there. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to Mussolini. Quite. So, as mentioned, the topic of this episode will be the Ethiopian War. This is somewhat of a departure from our last Mussolini episode, where I basically did a deep dive into the first early years of his rule. Uh, it does, it does have bits from uh, that time period as well, but this is uh, in the 30s mainly, mainly because I think I gave a pretty decent idea for everybody of how Mussolini was ruling at the time. I don't think we need to go step by step. Yeah, and uh, it really is just going to be the same shit. Oh, he oppressed the socialists, the communists. Yep. We don't need to go through it. So, uh, to start out, I'll first just give a brief description of how Ethiopia was prior to the Second Italo-Ethiopian uh, War, also called the Second Italo-Abyssinian War. Yeah. I don't know why, they can't just choose one name, but cool. Yeah, I, uh, Ethiopia is one of those regions of the world where I don't really know its history that well. I know that the Abyssinians were a people, I think. Yes. That yeah. is correct. So it's like European history and also like North African history is very complex and I don't fully <laughs> understand it because, yeah. Yeah, it's very complex. But the interesting thing about Ethiopia that needs to be acknowledged is it was never properly colonized uh, for a long period of time. Ah. Like this is the only point where you can say they were actually colonized after they lose this war to uh, the Italians. But prior to this, throughout its entire history, it had never been colonized by a European power. Ah, okay. Uh, I want you to think for a moment, turn that over in your brain. That's really fucking impressive because people were trying. Yeah, and Ethiopia was like, was keeping up with the rest of the world from what I understand, right? Yes, uh, they... They weren't quite at the level of development of, like, uh, Europe in terms of, like, political systems. Uh, they were still a monarchy yeah. rather than, like, a liberal democracy. Uh, however, 
they were keeping more or less pace. They weren't too far behind. Yeah, which I mean, when you see racist people go, oh, well, why is Africa so less developed than the rest of the world? It's like, well, maybe it's because of the years of colonialism and imperialism, or years, I mean decades. Yeah, the years of the fucking centuries, yeah, centuries. of colonial uh, imperialism and colonial extraction of their fucking resources. Yeah, me, shit. yeah, meanwhile we see the one African nation that wasn't like colonialized and imperialized and they It did... was doing pretty good. Yeah, so hey, maybe there were some outside factors, asshole. Yeah, dumbass. So, uh they you know, resisted every attempt to conquer them pretty effectively, and it's based as shit. Good for them. Yeah. Uh the issue is, Italy's colonial ambitions had always been in that part of East Africa. Uh, for instance, they had other colonies there, like uh, Eritrea. Yeah, Eritrea. Eritrea, excuse Which, me. Which uh, today is, like, pretty fucked up, from what I understand. Yes, it's not doing good. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, and they had been wanting to strengthen their hold over their colonial territories since the 1880s. Uh. uh and part of their plan for this was taking Ethiopia. So this is a very long-term plan. This is decades of planning to and uh, desire to take this country. Okay, more than a five-year plan. Yeah, no. Unfortunately, which, uh, <laughs> because the five-year plans really like those. Yeah. <laughs> Centralized planning, let's go! Uh, <clears throat> so... This resulted in the First Italo-Ethiopian War, which was in 1896, and the Italians got fucked up at the Battle of Adwa. They <laughs> got kicked out. They, It was so bad for them, they could not invade again. They lost the war. Nice. Long history of uh, Italian L's. Yeah. <laughs> Luigi's. They tried to invade, and then they died in a tornado. Actually, a typhoon. Yeah. That's a Bill Wirtz reference. <laughs> uh, so, since then, they still always wanted to be, you know, have ownership over Ethiopia, but they were never able to properly uh, conquer it or anything like that, which is good. Uh, but in 1925, they tried to make a, a secret deal with Britain, basically saying, hey... What if we took Ethiopia? Wouldn't that be really cool? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Britain was like, yeah, that would be pretty cool. However, this got leaked to the French. Oh, boy. And the French were not very happy because uh, at this point in time, Ethiopia was a member of the League of Nations, and Britain was trying to authorize one member of the League of Nations invading another. Yay! Because the League of Nations was so effective at doing its job. It was so good. <laughs> it's quite a shock that the League of Nations did not just immediately dissolve after this, because uh, it clearly didn't fucking work, given not that long after. Yeah. Luckily, the UN is way better than the League of oh, Nations. Oh, yeah. I can never think of a single mistake the UN has ever made. Can yeah. you? No, not at all. <laughs> and Bricks is doing good, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, like, that's that just goes to show how our entire, like, geopolitical system is just fucking imaginary and built on magic. Yep. But, I mean, that's every system. Like, like money, 
our legal system, our political system. Yep. It's all magic. It's it's all based on consent, in a sense. <laughs> yeah, it's all a giant social construct. And I mean, it's just like everything is a social construct, like a, a social contract. But at the same time, it's just like, you think about it for like two minutes and it's like, this is all fake. None of this is real. Yes. That's kind of like how I, part of my road towards... I think I I know I say I I realized this with communists rather than I became a communist. I think this is before I became a communist, where I realized that money isn't real. It really just isn't. There's no possible way to like say, oh yeah, money is a thing that just naturally exists because it doesn't. Yeah. It fucking doesn't. We just made it up. Yeah, or like, oh, the the housing. Even, even if it's backed by gold, even if it's backed by gold, it yeah. doesn't mean shit yeah. because gold itself does not have an actual like monetary value. Yeah, or when you hear like, oh, the the housing market crashed, it's just like, what what does that mean? How? <laughs> why is these? Why are these numbers bad? What 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 caused this? Why are they bad? What I don't understand. And it's... why is BlackRock suddenly so profitable now? Yeah, it's all fake. Anyway, that was a little bit of an aside. Yeah. Uh, war is a social construct. Everything is. The alcohol I'm drinking is a social construct. <laughs> uh, so it is important to mention that the rise of fascism brought along further colonial sentiments as a sort of national project, you might say. We want our country to be strong because we're fascists and that's kind of their thing. Yes. Uh, natural nationalism yep so what we want to do is uh we want to have good colonies that give us money and make us powerful and accepted as a world power on the stage mm -hmm. and that and uh you say that that's kind of uh that was kind of like germany's motivation for in world war one was like trying to like prove themselves yeah like pretty much yeah because they were like the new ones like we need to prove that like we can hold our own against the other like powers that have been around for a while yeah germany was the new power on the block uh they had colonies and whatnot but because germany only came into existence in like the late 1800s uh you know they they were a bit insecure and britain and france didn't like them yeah which is ve very funny to consider mm -hmm. uh but it's essentially the same for italy here now because Italy, you might recall, after the end of World War One, kind of disappointed by the payout. Yeah, because Mussolini was paid off by a lot of by like big corporations and well, not corporations, but it's like corporations. I guess weren't exactly a thing back then, but big businesses and foreign interests into uh, capital. You can yeah, say yeah, into convincing the people to join World War One. Yep, uh, and it worked yeah and then italy got basically nothing from yeah it was it. like it'll be good for the economy it's like what we went over this with the italo-turkic war it won't be good for the economy and yeah it wasn't it because the socialists usually end up being right about that kind of yeah, stuff the only time i can think war was good for the economy was uh world war ii for america and that's because america doesn't have to fight on its own lands. Yeah, no, it's just like we had a lot of technological innovation and also we didn't really get bombed at all because we're very far away from everyone else. Yeah, our industry was unaffected and we're just kind of... Our civilians aren't going to get killed. Uh, that's kind of important when considering a war that uh, civilians are 
kind of, you know, the economy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just like, I, I hate when I hear, like, the far-right people say, oh, try, the fear-mongering about China doing a land invasion of the U.S. is like, no, do you understand how fucking impossible it is to do a land invasion of the U.S.? It, it's very funny, the China fear-mongering, you'll see, because it's like, what is China actually done in terms of foreign policy that would make you think they're going to aggress upon us? Because they haven't really done anything. Yeah, it's just like, they're like, kind of invasive things, like, are restricted to, like, bordering stuff, like the Kashmir region, yeah. which is its own weird can of worms that I don't fully understand. They're fighting with medieval weapons. Yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> I love it, though. Yeah, or Taiwan and the South And they're China. both part of BRICS. Yeah. India and China are literally having a border conflict, and they're in an economic alliance. Yeah, or, like, um, like Taiwan. And it's, like, it's stuff nearby that they're, like, they have, like, Yeah, where they're in... in where they have actual interests and, like, an actual claim to, like, hey, th- this is ours. There's an actual claim there, and it's not yeah. just bullshit. Yeah, no one's going to do a land invasion of the U.S. Like, the only pe- like only country that would have, like, any real Cass's belly for doing so and, like, actually has the means to is Mexico, and they're not going to because it's just like, no, they'd lose instantly. Yeah. It, it would be a fucking stomp. Yeah, they're not going to invade us. Yeah, they like the only like, and their Casas Belly is obviously retaking, we fuck around. With yeah, them. Re- retaking like New Mexico, Texas, California, because we stole all of that. Yeah, and also just our current fucking around with them like yeah. constantly. Yeah, but yeah, like no one is going to invade America. Yes. Anyway, another aside. ADHD brain. Yep, that is uh, the way the pod works. We have a topic and then we go into subtopics that are only tangentially related. Yeah, because everything is kind of intertwined. And I don't yep. even really have like a holistic view of like the universe and shit like that, but when it comes to history it kind of does. Yeah. Like everything does connect in some way, at least in like a parallel. Mhm. Uh okay. So rise of fascism, you know. People were like, yeah, let's Let's make our colonies strong because them will be strong. And we're fascists and we like that. Uh, and during this time, there was a border conflict between the Italian colonies and Ethiopia in 1934. Now tell me, Jake, do those countries border each other? Uh, Italy and Ethiopia? Yeah. <laughs> uh, hmm, I'm, I'm trying to imagine the map of today you know, I'm I'm not seeing it. Yeah, no, I don't think they do. Yeah, no, it, it's like Eritrea, you know. Yeah. God. It's like they're colonies in the region. Yeah. And they're just starting border conflicts because they want to build a fucking railway to connect them. Yeah, God. I, I say this and I just remembered something. I forget. I, I have absolutely no memory of who this was, but some, like, conservative politician at one point tweeted out, like, this is pretty early in Trump's presidency, if I recall, but he's like, the U.S. needs to secure the borders of Germany and South Korea. And it's just like, okay, first of all, America borders neither of those countries, and those yeah. countries do not border each other either. So what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, like, South Korea, okay, you want to secure it against North Korea. I I guess I understand. Germany? What are you talking about, please? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on there? Yeah, you keep going. I'm going to look if I can find that real quick. Yeah, sure. Probably won't. If you don't hear anything from me, I did not find anything. Yep, sounds good. Uh, so, 
border conflict in 1934. Uh, over a hundred people die. Good, good. You know, it's always a good thing when people die. We are uh, anarcho-primitivists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and you want to know what the League of Nations does as the wonderful institution that it was? Nothing. They exonerated both parties. Uh, I don't think the Ethiopians really needed to be exonerated. I'm going to be real. Because what, what are our even rules for if, if you're just going to forgive people for breaking them? What are rules for, anyway? <laughs> to start with. Yeah. Uh, so, that was in 1935. It took a few months for them to reach that conclusion, which is a great use of time. Yay. Um, but during this time, it's important to mention that diplomacy was weird. Oh, no, really? Uh, Pre-World War II? Like, interwar diplomacy was weird? Yeah, I don't think a lot of people understand this, but it was not just, okay, Britain, France, Soviet Union, and the United States were always against uh, Germany and Italy, uh, like, at the same time. In this period, Italy and Nazi Germany were having a bit of a scuffle, a bit of a spat, because Hitler wanted to annex Austria. Mussolini borders on Austria and wasn't a huge fan. Of course not. Uh... So, what ends up happening is, there's a bit of wheeling and dealing between what we know as the Allies and Italy, because they thought at the time, hey, Italy, uh, we can make some magic happen here if we can get Italy on our side. So, the Allies, minus the United States, because remember, the United States is in its isolationist period, I was just bringing them up because I don't think a lot of people understand that the United States was basically not involved in the diplomacy yeah, at all. Yeah, no. For further information, look into the uh, the America First Committee. We yep. should do an episode on them, because I, ha I have thoughts on them. Yeah, we should definitely do some more modern fascists soon. Yeah. Like, after Mussolini, we'll do some modern fascists. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. A after we finish the Mussolini saga, I have an idea of what exactly I want to do. Like, I I've told you about it. I'm not going to mention it here, but there is something I definitely want to try. Just yeah. as, like, a thing we can we can come back to every now and again. There's definitely some episodes I have in mind as well. Uh, which I will say here, which would be more focused around anti-fascism. Yep. Uh, just for an episode or two. Mm -hmm. uh, and, of course, it would... You know, we would do more than just one or two episodes, but just after Mussolini. We're having a planning committee... Uh, planning meeting on the show. Yeah, this is cool. I'm just keeping keeping the fans updated. All, we're all negative three of them. We're professional. Yeah. This is my soapbox. Don't take <laughs> it away. Uh, so, Nazi Germany, it's on the rise. Uh, people are a bit worried about those expansionist terror uh, tendencies. Yep. They want, you know, Austria. They want, you know, bits of Czechoslovakia. So... They they decide, hey, Mussolini, if you want to take Ethiopia, that's fine, dude. That's chill. <laughs> that's chill. Because uh, you're going to go against Hitler, right? <laughs> that's a plan, right? You're going to go against Hitler. Uh, we're going to work this all out. We're all going to 
go against him, prevent him from doing anything. And as we all know, that is exactly what happened. Yes, exactly. Totally. Uh, I do want to bring very special attention to this, though, because uh, not only does it show the complexities of diplomacy during this period, so when somebody brings up the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact, you should probably tell them that was not them being friends. That was them prolonging the inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, that's uh, a fascist Oh, but, but look, there's a picture of, of Hitler and, and Stalin smiling and shaking hands. Oh, wow, like every fucking world leader in history. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, it's just like, no, they did not like each other. That was just them hoping that war would not happen. Yeah, and then, like, and then Hitler decided, no, nah, war will happen. Because that was always his goal, and Stalin always knew that. He just didn't think that it would happen as quickly as it did. Yeah. It, because he wanted to fucking prepare more. Yeah, that was Stalin was point. just like, I remember what happened in World War One. I. I would like that to not happen, please. Yeah. Like, not to be all gung-ho for Stalin, but he wasn't really wrong for doing any of the things here. Yeah, that's one of those things where it's just like... Yeah, I know you're a piece of shit, but I'd, I'd, I'm going to make this agreement with you because I don't want to fight you. Because fighting you is bad for is bad for the people. Yeah, and like Stalin knew the war was coming. Uh, he knew the war was coming, so he was trying to prepare. He had factories and shit. Like, they were trying to get the guns and shit ready. Mm -hmm. uh, it just unfortunately did not work out that they were prepared by the time Hitler invaded which of course it not to go too far into this because this is about Mussolini but uh that was ultimately a bad decision by Hitler yeah well because invading Russia is hard because big and cold yeah and also they didn't have the fucking oil to do it so their whole plan was okay yeah we're going to go through the entire country of ukraine into the caucasus where we will then capture enough oil to keep our army running <laughs> uh which is to put it bluntly uh not a good plan when you have to go through an entire like country in order to get to the resources you need yeah. to keep the war going uh and they failed at stalingrad good Sixth Army, Rip Bozo, smoking on that hog pack. <laughs> All right. That was uh, another tangent. Another my... aside. Yay. Lots of those today. Yeah, but you know what? Asides make the podcast. Mm -hmm. I think we. I think the asides are fun. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so they supported Mussolini in order to try and prevent Hitler's annexation of Austria. I don't want to make a moral comment there because good to try and stop Hitler from annexing Austria, bad to support Mussolini in trying to conquer Ethiopia. Yeah. But that's a complex diplomatic situation that I wouldn't be able to solve personally. Yeah, like a lot of things going on. Yeah. Oh, it's also important to mention here that Hitler was supporting Ethiopia. He was giving them guns and shit. Yeah. Weird... Not bad decision on Hitler's part, but yeah. one of the very few not bad decisions he made. Yeah, which, like, I guess that makes sense for him to do here. Yeah. Uh, it's still a bit weird. Yeah. <clears throat> God damn it. <laughs> uh, do I have to edit that out? Keep it in. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? They know I'm drinking. All right. So... 
this is what eventually the these are the circumstances that would eventually lead to the second Italo-Ethiopian War, uh, which is great. You know, the mm. Ethiopians at this time were led by Haile Selassie. I apologize if I butchered that name. I do not know how to say Ethiopian names or most names, if you want to think about it. Uh, I think that's correct. I'm not entirely certain. It, it seems correct based on the spelling, but also, I don't know. I can't say words from that part of the world. I, I definitely heard the name actually pronounced before, and I believe that's correct. But it's been a long time since I've heard it. Well, that's good. So, this war starts on October 3rd, 1935, and it lasts until February 19th, 1937. They lasted a good long while, the Ethiopians. They put up a pretty good fight. Good for them. Uh, unfortunately, though, it would end in an Italian victory. Rip. Let's go. That's our boy, Mussolini, finally getting that W. <laughs> As we all wanted, because he's the he's the protagonist, you know. <laughs> Everybody knows who uh, that the main leader of the fascists in the world, who are the good guys, was Mussolini. That's two incorrect statements in one sentence. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having fun. So I don't want to actually spend too long about the war, because. Uh, I don't think that's what the podcast should be about. We're not a military history podcast, so yeah, I'm not going to go too far into it. However, if you want, if you want some military history, go listen to Hardcore History. Yes. Uh, I will, however, just uh, mention some of Italy's war crimes. Uh, okay. can, can you believe it that the fascist Italians were committing war crimes in Ethiopia? I feel like if you're involved in war in any capacity, you'll commit war crimes, even if you're like yes. on the better side of things. But can you believe it? But at the same, but like since these are Italian fascists and they're the aggressors, I'm going to imagine that their war crimes were worse than average. Yep. So how many? Uh, how much mustard gas do you think the Italians used during the war in Ethiopia? I don't know exactly what an appropriate amount of mustard gas should be. Just uh, take a guess, you know? Um, five million gallons. Just based on literally no context or frame of reference. It's between 300 and 500 tons of mustard gas. <laughs> that is a lot. Yeah, I don't know why I measured it in gallons. I guess it's because it's a gas. Yeah, just gasoline i chugged that shit uh this is uh, a violation of the geneva protocol oh that like that doesn't happen every single fucking war yep uh it italy was a signatory of this 1925 document very fun very fun uh, it's very good that you can just break the rules and nothing bad will happen see, to you. See, this is what I'm talking about when I say our entire like sis, like geopolitical system is fucking imaginary. It's like, you can just do that. You can be like, yeah, I agree to not do this, and then do it, and then nothing happens to you. Yeah. I'm really glad Italy was promptly and swiftly punished for these actions. Uh, there was a harshly worded letter from an Ethiopian, which was shredded. Probably. <laughs> Hey, hey, League of Nations, this is, what Lately is doing is something that you said shouldn't be done. I'm just going to put that letter in the disregard pile. 
Uh, yeah, so that's that's a good one. Uh, do you want to know how they tried to justify it? <sighs> Tell me. They said that because the Ethiopians had executed this guy, uh, Tito Maniti. Maniti. Min-E-T-I. Uh, by Ethiopian forces. Uh, to be honest, I don't think that's a good justification. No, it, it's like it's like what happened when uh, Italy, when the Italian fascists beat up that uh, that communist guy in Parliament, and then the, the communist guy got kicked out, and the guys who beat him up didn't. It's like, hey, you did something inappropriate, but we're not punishing you. Yep. Uh, to be clear, this guy was a combatant. He, this was not like an observer or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This was a combatant. He was a pilot. His execution, although you might call it a war crime, does not justify using three to 300 to 500 tons of mustard gas. Yeah. That's one of those things where it's just like, okay, yeah, you should take prisoners of war. Yeah. It's just like, you can, you can cry foul about that. And I'd be like, yeah, that's, they shouldn't have done that. That's right. But no, but like fuck tons of mustard gas, not an appropriate response. Yeah. And also, uh, you want to know something funny about this justification? The reason why it has some shaky legs here. It had already been authorized, like, months ago. <laughs> they were already planning on using the mustard gas. Uh... I, I know it should be obvious that, of course, it was a fucking lie. Yeah. But I do want to drive the point home here, because... Yeah, fascists are fucking liars. No, really? I didn't... I couldn't tell. that sound what i just heard a weird oh it, it was your sock on the fucking table no. <laughs> i was like what the hell was that that sounds like a gas leak no shit. <laughs> for for those of you who can't see who are listening i was just moving my foot up and down my, my foot with a sock on it up and down on like one of the legs on this table and jake thought that it was something dangerous apparently yeah it, the way it sounded was really fucking it was fucking weird uh, it sounded like gas, uh, which is funny because we're talking about mustard gas. It all it all ties together. Yeah. yeah. Cosmic horror. Yeah. Gas. <laughs> gas. Germa uh, reference. <laughs> so, uh, of course, you would assume that with three hundred to five hundred tons of mustard gas, it must all all have been used on military targets, right? Oh no. No, it, it was used on civilian targets, including on the 30th of December, using the actual date there, uh, a Red Cross unit was bombed with it. Yeah, let's, yeah, no, we'll attack the people who don't actually fight and just save lives. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Uh, it, it, there's more. There's even more. Uh, an Egyptian ambulance was bombed with it. And then an Egyptian medical unit. Why does this sound like what's happening in Palestine right now? Because it it, it kind of... That's a very good uh, connection there that I didn't even think yeah. of. Oh, we used... Oh, Israel's using white phosphorus on the most densely populated area on the planet. Oh, they're attacking uh, hospitals and ambulances. And, oh. Oh, boy. Yeah, uh... It's kind of weird how it's such an easy connection to make between Israel uh, defending itself from terrorists, of course, 
uh, with Italy invading a country. It's weird how easy that connection's to make. I wonder if that means anything. God, I hate being aware of historical facts because it's just like, oh, oh, the same shit just keeps happening over and over and over again, and no one will stop. And it goes without saying, I should mention, uh, those are some fun little little tidbits there, but there's also, of course, the villages that they just gassed. Yep. Like, that should go without saying that it was also just used on civilians who were also not uh, medical personnel. Yep. Uh, they tried to keep this secret, is the funny thing. No, I mean, of course they did. That happens every time. You bombed the Red Cross. That's not just, like, a couple of guys. That is an international, like, fucking organization. What the fuck are you trying... What, what are you thinking is going to happen trying to keep that a secret? Yeah. And, of course, there were also foreign observers who noticed it, but who cares about those guys? Uh, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> God damn it. Another thing that I'm not going to edit out, apparently... Yeah, no, keep it in. Fuck it. I, I hope they're all drinking with me. All right. Uh, they claim that at least 19 bombardments of Red Cross tents, uh, and to, to be clear about what I'm doing right now, I'm, I'm just going to read a quote I copy-pasted into my notes from Wikipedia, uh, which I wasn't using as a source, but I thought this was too good. I remembered it because I had it in my last iteration of the notes, too. The Italians claim that at least 19 bombardments of Red Cross tents posted in the areas of military encampment of the Ethiopian resistance had been erroneous. 19 times they did this, and they just claimed, oh yeah, we fucked up. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> at least it's better than what Israel does with Palestine, where they just say, oh, there was a Hamas base there. Yeah. It's just like, whoops, we bombed the Red Cross over 19 times. At least at least they admitted what they were doing was wrong. Not that they were admitting that they were doing it intentionally, which they absolutely were. I don't want to give them too much credit, because they are just lying. Yeah. It was definitely not a mistake. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What, what's some other fun ones here? Uh... Oh, yeah, just, you know, generic uh, massacring villages, whatnot. Yep. It's pretty cool, actually. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's 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 so, like, it's so weird how many, like, oh, this village got massacred. Like, it, how many how many times you hear that when you actually, like, look into stuff? Yeah, it it's pretty sick. It's yeah. pretty cool. I love war. Let's do more of it. <laughs> uh, and to close it off, because... Of course, I'm a centrist. Everybody knows this. So we're going to both sides this. Uh, Ethiopia used bullets that are banned. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh bad Ethiopia. Oh, no. That clearly makes this an equal problem. Yeah. We condemn both the actions of the Ethiopians and the fascist Italians equally. Yeah. And and to tie this into another like ongoing modern uh, geopolitical event, the like invasion russian invasion of ukraine it's just like yeah like russia is the aggressor and is bad it's like but oh but these ukrainian soldiers did this bad thing they they did war crimes like yeah 
okay, fuck those guys. I hope they see an international tribunal and get thrown in the fucking Hague. Yeah. Doesn't I... make what Russia is doing good. It just means that those guys in particular are shitheads. Yeah, like... It does not justify an invasion. It's just yeah. what's yeah, happening. Yeah, it's like, of co- like I, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I've definitely told you. It's like, in war, there are very rarely good guys. There's maybe sl- not quite as bad guys. So it's just like, in this event, Ethiopia was the less bad guys. And it's just like, yep. they were the defenders. And um, yeah, of course they're going to do, like, some bad things are going to happen. But they're not the invaders. Yeah, isn't it weird how... Uh, people always try to justify the war crimes as one side while ignoring the other. Man, that's really fucked up. And it's really weird how it's usually uh, trying to justify American war crimes. Yep. Abu Ghraib was uh, a good place. Don't worry. Don't look at the pictures. That was a good place. Nothing bad happened there. Nobody got treated like dogs or sexually assaulted. (laughs) I love the American military. See y'all on Veterans Day. Yay. I love being controversial. It's not even that controversial, honestly. It, it is, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, it, unfortunately, when I've talked to people about this, it's controversial. It's just not for us. <laughs> ah, man. I love war. Uh <clears throat> So it is also important to note that throughout the course of the war, there was stiff Ethiopian resistance. Uh, Like you were saying earlier back on how Ethiopia was actually fairly developed for this time. Uh, You don't have a war last over a year between a colonial or like a, a European power and another power. If it wasn't at least somewhat even in some way. Yeah. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. Uh, the Ethiopians put up a very good fight against the Italians. It should be noted because though that is, it's an important part of history to recognize the contributions of people who fought against fascists and did a good job, even if they unfortunately did not succeed in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so of course, uh, just to bring up how this ends up ending in the future because I don't think we're ever going to talk about Ethiopia again in regards to Mussolini uh, except in the context of maybe like its occupation, uh, how the people there were being treated uh, essentially as a colonial administrator. We're not going to finish the story. Mm -hmm. So I do want to say that after the end of World War II Haile Selassie who had escaped from Ethiopia and basically had a government in exile in uh, London, I believe. He did get restored to his throne. Isn't that nice? They brought back the monarchy. Yeah. And he is a cool guy, but also maybe shouldn't have done the monarchy thing. Yeah, one of those monarchs that's just like, you're a monarch, which is a, which is a minus in my book, but you're not as shitty as many monarchs are. Yeah, pretty much. Like, he is a very interesting figure. It would be, if it was the point of the podcast, I would have loved to do just an episode all about him. Like, he unites the tribes of Ethiopia, brings them together to fight against uh, the Italians, uh, loses, and then comes back. He's genuinely a very dynamic uh, historical figure. 
And he's in Sid Meier Civilization Five. That is true. What a cool guy. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you know, he does lose, though. So he loses his throne and everything for a bit, stays in London. But after the war, they restore him, and that is better than just leaving Ethiopia Italian. Yep. I would assume for most Ethiopians. <clears throat> so that essentially brings us to the end of basically the description of what happened with Ethiopia. It is kind of a summary, short, but that's because I did want to discuss uh, some of the things I brought up before, uh, but also some things I didn't. Yeah, and this this episode is more on Italy as a whole rather than just Mussolini. Yes, uh, I, because the Ethiopian War is such an important part to understanding the complexities of World War II, it, yes, I didn't go into, like, what Mussolini was doing or thinking, because it's pretty obvious what he was doing and thinking. Mm -hmm. We know that Mussolini's invading this country to abuse it as a colonial power or as an imperialistic power. Mm-hmm. His input is not much needed, and also, uh, this is probably one of the most important parts of his reign. So, uh, I did have to sort of step away from Mussolini for a bit, yeah. in order to properly tell it, because Mussolini is not the main character in the Ethiopian War, the Ethiopians. Are. Yeah, th this was kind of a bottle episode for us. Yeah, it's a bit of a... It's not like a filler episode, so yeah. to speak. But... Yeah, it's a bottle episode. In, in terms of history, this was a filler arc. Yes. But in terms of our series, this is a bottle episode, which is slightly different. Yeah, this was important to discuss, but it's kind of hard to say what Mussolini was doing when he's just the leader of a country invading another country. Uh, he was not like the military commander or anything. He wasn't doing... It wasn't personal. Mm -hmm. It was political. Yes. But it had to be brought up, so that's why this episode is like the way it is. Uh, <clears throat> so, the things I wanted to discuss. There's the diplomatic angle, of course, which I did want to hit harder on, uh, which is, I think a lot of people, you know, I said this earlier, uh, see the run-up to the war as kind of unimportant and don't look too carefully into the actual complexities of how interwar diplomacy worked. Mm -hmm. uh, this goes further than just the Italo-Ethiopian War. This extends to basically uh, all of the diplomacy, where you can't just say it was always a battle of democracy versus fascism or capitalism versus fascism or fascism versus socialism. It was a lot more complex than that. Mm -hmm. As most things are. Yes. Uh, for instance, you could a lot more accurately summarize the uh, period of interwar diplomacy rather than saying there were the Allies and the Axis than just saying a lot of countries feared the Soviet Union or the Nazis more than the other, and that would determine the path they would take. Uh, that's generally true for, like, the Balkans, which tended to fear the Soviets uh, in... France, they feared the Nazis more. Britain feared the Soviets more, but then switched, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, Poland feared the Soviets more. There was actually a period where the Polish would have preferred to work with Hitler uh, to take down the Soviets. It just 
Hitler gonna Hitler. Yep. So I wanted to talk about that in relation to, uh, because this is a very interesting and unique episode where the diplomacy is very complicated, where the other powers are just supporting uh, one of the Nazi powers. Mm-hmm. They're not Nazi fascist powers. Yeah. Uh, Excuse me. Another thing that's very interesting to note about it is the uh, fascist conflict. The fascist powers were against each other because what are uh, what what's the core tenet of fascism? Would you say uh, core tenet of fascism? That's a good question. I don't know if I, how I would summarize it in like one sentence. My country over all other countries is what I would answer for that. Ultra America first. <laughs> Yes. So, which is funny because the America First Committee was very fascist. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll talk about them at some point, definitely, and tie it into how people saying America First today is like it's the same. Literally thing. a callback. Uh, so, ultranationalism. The funny thing about fascists from different countries is that they're not going to uh, basically just accept. Yeah, I. I'm cool with that country being the predominant fascist power. Mm-hmm. No, they're going to fight over it. They're going to fight over which country is going to be the fascist power that stands above the rest. Yeah, and th- and this is something I see with like conservatives quite a bit, is that the conservative mindset and like the, the right-wing mindset in general is, uh, in my theory, is strongly, inher- oh, inherently based on conflict. Yes. Every every interaction is inherently adversarial, and that doesn't mean that like in at any given moment you can't like be allies with someone and work towards a mutual goal. It's just that when that goal is achieved, it's not going to be kumbaya afterwards. It's then then the then the other group becomes a new target. Yes. Yeah. It's it's just like every every single any time that there is cooperation. It's it's not for mutually beneficial goals. It's for both to achieve the same goal, but eventually one wants to be the only one to do it, to actually achieve that goal. Uh, exactly. So you can see this a lot with how fascists work, both individually and as fascist countries, basically. Yes. Uh, and I think that's an important weakness to note. Like, just because there are two fascists in a room doesn't mean they're friends. And that is something that we can exploit. Yeah. They, they may work together for a goal, but that alliance is tenuous at best. Yeah. Like even during world war two, Mussolini never like liked Hitler. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) Mussolini got dragged into the war because their alliance was not only a defensive one, but an offensive one for reference. Like, uh, uh, I know we we have criticisms of NATO, but NATO as a like primary example is a defensive alliance solely. Where if a member, at least supposedly, yeah, <laughs> ostensibly at least that's in the contract. But yeah, whereas where if one of the nations, if a member nation of NATO gets attacked, the other member nations of NATO will help defend it. Whereas um, the alliance between uh, Italy and Nazi Germany pre-World War II was uh, not only one where if one got attacked, the other would defend. It's if one started a war, the other would then join that war. Yes. Uh, 
Mussolini was not very... God damn it. Jesus, Jake. That one just came up. Yeah, three times now. And I'm not editing any of them out. Yeah, no, fuck fuck the audience. Yeah, fuck you guys. I'm lazy. And also, I don't have time. Uh, well, I do, but also, eh. I work hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm too tired. Come at me, bros. <laughs> uh, what was I just saying before I fucking burped? Uh, well, I mentioned, um, like, it had to do with how fascists aren't, like, really friends. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll just continue along with that point. Fascists... Even if they are in agreement for a time, they're not going to be in agreement forever, and eventually they will fight. And it is important that we don't... I, I think this is a good example of why you don't pick which which fascist to support. You use their disagreement to break both of them. Yes. Uh, of course, I'm not the diplomatic authority between two countries, so I can't say that would have worked here. But it, you can definitely probably get that to work between two fascist individuals mm -hmm. or groups. Yeah, and it's like when it, when Italy dropped out of World War II, when they decided that they weren't going to keep fighting, uh, Germany invaded Italy like really quickly, which was a bad decision on Germany's part because they were already stretched thin, and the, and now yeah. they're going to invade. Italy, what? No, don't do that. They're already fucking up, and then they just fucked up again. Yeah, and that's the thing, is that... And again, I see this in conservatism uh, in today, uh, which I'm not going to say that all conservatives are fascists, but you get you get the idea, whereas, like, with Trump, it's just like, the moment that a conservative politician, like, criticizes Trump, they become a rhino. Yes. Uh, there's no sense of... I'm not, like, a fan of realpolitik, uh, but there's no sense of, well, we can at least work together for a common goal sometimes. Because the thing they hate more than anything, uh, in this case, what I mean is, if there's a betrayal, they're not going to stand for it. Mm -hmm. Or at least what they see as a betrayal. Obviously, it isn't really a betrayal if a conservative just doesn't like Trump. That isn't a betrayal they just don't like him not to defend any conservative but it's just a stupid fucking position to hold where mm -hmm. you literally just deny allies yep which is something we can use and abuse and exploit yeah because uh that is such a stupid thing to do <laughs> um uh Yes. So another thing this sort of shows is just how even during this period, uh, colonialism and imperialism is still a thing. I think a lot of people tend to also forget that, like, Britain is still an empire. Yes. They don't particularly care that Italy is going to invade another country to uh, have it as a colony. Neither does France. The actual shocking one here is the Soviet Union. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where it's just like, I understand, like, their reluctance to get involved. It's because World War One was still fresh in a lot of people's minds, and they really, really didn't want to go to war again. Yes. Uh, of course, in this case, what they did was just say, yeah, colonialism is fine. Yeah. I, because they actually probably didn't care. And Stalin is the more interesting one to discuss here, because with him it was purely realpolitik. Uh, he, I doubt he actually really wanted Ethiopia to get conquered. I doubt he cared, but... 
uh, he wanted to like use Italy as a not a buffer since it's not between them, but as a roadblock against Nazi Germany's progress, and it did not fucking work. Yep. Uh, which is interesting because when comparing this event to the Spanish Civil War, the Italo-Ethiopian War to the Spanish Civil War, because there is the similarity in the sense that they're both uh, pre-World War II wars that sort of served as the run-up. Yeah. Uh, Stalin was like the only world leader who was at all on the side of the Spanish Republicans against the fascists. Uh, he is literally... The only one who helped. France and Britain both said, ah, we're not getting involved in that. Fuck it. Whereas the fascists were all united in this one on helping uh, the nationalists. Mm -hmm. So you do have to talk about that in the sense that Stalin decided that in one war he would support a fascist to try and hurt another fascist. But in this war, he was a lot, he was very quick to actually help the Spanish Republicans. And you can criticize his support here. Uh, there were NKVD officers who were sent, and uh, his you know positions were promoted amongst the Spanish Republicans who were communists and anarchists and whatnot, and this led to a split and actual open fighting between each other. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can't actually deny the fact that he was the only power against fascism that actually wanted to help there, which makes this such an interesting example of how uh, realpolitik works, I think, mm -hmm. in terms of discussing how communists should act in terms of diplomacy. Because clearly there was a mistake made in Ethiopia, and you can't fault the Spanish Republicans for losing because of him, and he clearly made the right decision because... He organized the international brigades, or not him specifically, but the communists, the Comintern. Mm -hmm. uh, that was them. And it was not all communists who went, but a lot of people didn't like the fascists. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think comparing these two examples in terms of what we should do diplomatically, it is far better to take the example of the Spanish Republic uh, in that glorious last moment where they killed fascists uh, rather than communist actions in Ethiopia or not communist actions in Ethiopia, uh, but rather Stalin's de decision to help Mussolini. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. That right. basically sums it up. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about what I just said? Uh, things just keep repeating, I guess. Uh, fascism yeah. bad. <laughs> Fascism, bad. Mussolini, bad. Hitler, bad. Ethiopia, cool. <laughs> that is just kind of the the end result here, you know? Yep. Ethiopia, relatively cool. <laughs> yes, it was a monarchy. It wasn't that cool, but it was cooler than most other people right now. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> You feel good? No. Good. But I never feel good. <laughs> That's also true. Do you feel worse? <laughs> uh, at this point, I don't think so. I think I'm just... I think I think at this point, I understand. Everything is in perspective, kind of. Right. It's just like, eh, not surprised. It's just like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty numb to it, honestly. 
Jesus. Jake, stop burping I'm into the mic. I'm not even drinking anymore. <laughs> I was drinking too, and I wasn't burping. I don't know. I only it, had one. It though. must have been the breakfast. I don't know. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, none of that is getting edited out. So fuck, fuck you guys. You know, there's going to be... There might be one person who watches who actually uh, enjoys that. So uh, to that guy, you're welcome. Yeah. Fuck you. Send me money for that. <laughs> I'm not doing that for free. Yeah. Also, also, yeah, we're great at, at being podcasters, just insulting our audience. As we should, really. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think that'll wrap it up then if you have nothing else to add on the topic. That again, basically this... sums it up. Yeah. Again, this is kind of a bottle episode. Yeah, this was a shorter one. It's not much about Mussolini, but it had to be done. Yeah. Yeah, just to put into context, just like stuff like the interwar period. Because I feel like a lot of people don't actually talk about the interwar period a whole lot. It's so important to the story, though. If you don't talk about the interwar period, you can't actually understand World War Two. If you don't understand the interwar period... You're just being a fucking idiot. Yeah, the, and like the only time people actually do talk about the interwar period is in the context of Nazi Germany. They yes. don't talk about like they the... talk about the Nazis' rise, not about the like diplomatic plays, not about the other fucking wars that are going on. Yeah, neither that are like Neville Cham Chamberlain. Yeah, you'll hear Neville Chamberlain and how he fucked up, and yeah. that's about it. It's one of those things where I've seen people also say, like, yeah, he fucked up, but also his reasoning was just, like, I don't want to war after World War One. It's like, okay, I get yeah, that, but like, also... he fucked up still, but I understand. Yeah, because, like, I've, I've heard his address of, like, him, like, announcing the war on Nazi Germany for their invasion of Poland, and it's just, like, he's saying it calmly, but you can also sense it's just, like, I really don't want to do this. Yep. It's a good time for everyone. Yep. It was the best of times, and it was the worst of times. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times, you <laughs> stupid monkey. Uh, random Simpsons reference there. Anyway, I guess that'll wrap it up. As always, you can find us wherever podcasts can be found. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify. No longer on Stitcher because that's gone, but you can find us on Pandora. I think you can find us on Podbean because last time I looked at our statistics, I saw Podbean come up, even though I've never explicitly uploaded it to Podbean. I think it might just be one of those, like, aggregators. Uh, we're on Google Music. We're on Amazon Music or whatever their platform is called. I don't know. <laughs> Do people even use Amazon for podcasts? I feel like it's no. iTunes, Spotify, and maybe Google. Yeah, nothing else. Uh, I will, unfortunately, have to say we're no longer on Slapbook. Oh, uh, really? What happened with Slapbook? Zark Muckerberg. <laughs> Zark Muckerberg. Unfortunately, it was discovered that he had been embezzling funds and also supporting coups against democratic regimes all across the world, so Slapbook has been officially closed. Rip Slapbook. <laughs> One day we will buy the Slapbook domain when we have more money, but it's like $3,000, and I'm not spending that on yeah. a fucking joke. <laughs> I will spend money on a joke, but not that much money. Yeah, so unfortunately, Slapbook, it's been shut down. Uh, it, it sucks, but that's how the world works sometimes. Zark Muckerberg, uh, he's in prison now. Uh, they found out that he was not actually a lizard, he was a fish. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but anyway, you can also find us on Twitter at htlww underscore pod. You can email us at gmail.com, or at howtheleftwaswonpod at... Uh, oh, God, I'm fucking... <laughs> I don't remember any of our fucking, like, contact shit. Give me a minute. Listen to the last episode. Who cares? Yeah, you can find... I think it's how the... It's how the left was one pod at gmail.com. I believe so, yes. Yeah. And uh, you can also find us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash how the left was one. Please don't feel free to do- uh, please. please don't feel free to donate. Yeah, please please don't donate. Yeah. I will we, break it's your not, knees. Yeah, this the content we produce is not worth any amount of money. I will break your knees personally. If you, if you give us money, we'll tell you what the, we'll ask you what the fuck is wrong with you. And actually, I should probably check to see if we've ever actually gotten any donations on I Patreon. because doubt there's, it. Because there's probably people being like, I gave them money and they didn't acknowledge it at all. <laughs> That'd be... It'd be really funny if one person started donating to the Patreon the episode before we had the long hiatus. <laughs> yeah. I just checked. No no subscriptions. Which, which is unsurprising. Good. Because we tell people not to donate. And also, yeah. we're still like a small-time podcast. Yeah. And we're fucked yep and also our upload schedule is terrible so audience retention is also equally terrible which is good yeah that's that's how it should be yeah we have full-time jobs and it's hard to get together to record all the time my job got even worse now that it's the fall yay Woo. uh meanwhile mine's not that bad because i don't work weekends anymore that's good and yet we still somehow can't find time on weekends to record yep anyway that's gonna wrap it up um, yeah, I already did all the closing remarks. Yep. I really should just hammer out a script and just reci- just memorize that. Yeah. But... Here, I'll wrap it up this time. I love you all. You are all my favorite people. Come to my house. I will give you my address. Just send the email. <laughs> I will see you soon. All right. <laughs> uh, anyway, I've been Mike. I'm Jake. And this has been How the Left Was One. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.